On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Monday, January 17th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, uh, maybe momentarily as well. Andrew McGinnis, ready to break down a Monday NHL card. Happy Martin Luther King Day, MLK Day, a holiday, uh, especially for those in the United States. Although people in Canada are not uh, uh, immune to not knowing, of course, the impact of Dr. King and the history and the legacy. So even though it's not the official holiday here, we certainly acknowledge that, although it kind of feels like we share the holiday, especially when you're like us, you work from home and you got a bunch of sports to watch during the day, like a, our MLK Day usually offers with multiple NHL games in the afternoon, multiple NBA games, multi- college basketball throughout the afternoon. So lots to keep us uh, entertained and lots to keep us hopefully uh, filling our wallets with cash and, and being able to make some profits from what we're seeing uh, throughout the day uh, in sports action. Uh, in the NHL, we've got, uh, well, we've got one game that started already. It's in action right now, the Red Wings and Sabres. The rest of the game's still to come. So pretty much we're going to get through the remaining seven games here uh, on the Monday uh, NHL card here for this Martin Luther King Day. Uh, let's get it started. We will begin with Minnesota and Colorado, one of the games of the day without question. Looking forward to this one. It's going to start at 3 p.m. Eastern. Colorado minus 240 home favorites in this one, six and a half the total uh, between these two teams. Of course, Colorado, uh, they've been finding ways to win, but not always easily. You look at uh, recent performance, obviously it's been a great run. Their last 10 games, they're eight and two. The losses, of course, were to Nashville, but back-to-back losses to the Predators. That's been the only uh, team that's had the Avalanche's number recently, but they sweep Arizona in back-to-back games. Although the first game was certainly not easy for uh, Colorado in that minus 700 favorite range, and they ended up winning that game in uh, overtime uh, by a score of four to three. The Avalanche getting healthier, which has been big. Still without some injuries, though, on uh, some key players on the blue line. Up front, they're certainly healthy. Bowen Byram, Ryan Murray, a um, couple of defensemen out for the uh, avalanche here today and and moving forward as far as minnesota goes they've won three straight games following a five-game losing streak which was their season high in terms of uh, a losing skid but they've bounced back to win three in a row against boston washington and a big 7-3 victory over anaheim uh, on friday night uh still eric sinek brodeen spurgeon and talbot out uh so that looks like we're going to still see the same crew uh, that was missing in action for the last few games for Minnesota. Uh, also unavailable for them here uh, in this game uh, this afternoon against Colorado. Uh, finally, a Colorado game stayed under the total in the last game. It was that 5 nothing win against Arizona, snapping this incredible run where every Colorado game is essentially uh, going over the total. Like I always say, which is, that was a streak I was riding, and I don't usually drop out of 
betting something until I lose two in a row. So in this case here, what I'm going to do is jump right back on the over here between two teams with lots of firepower, two teams that have certainly been terrific offensively, two teams that have definitely struggled a little bit defensively and with their goaltending. I think it's fair to say both of these teams have given up some goals lately, the Wild and the Avalanche. Uh, I think we'll see uh, a lot of offense here in this game. As far as the side goes, I wouldn't even hate anyone maybe taking a small flyer on Minnesota. We have seen Colorado, you know, win a lot of games close, not exactly blow teams away lately. And you're talking minus 240 to minus 250 with Colorado against a Minnesota team that's pretty good themselves. Seems a little high to me. So I have to, I, at this price, I have to sprinkle something small here on the wild. I think it's just a little inflated. And let's be honest, Colorado's been inflated from a money line standpoint for some time, in my opinion, we saw minus 700 against Arizona Friday night, barely win the hockey game. So definitely hard to find value in a bargain right now with the avalanche. Alex, we'll start with you here. Wild and abs should be a good one. Yeah. If I was just, just playing strictly off numbers, I would have to be going with uh, Minnesota like I said, as, as a two to one dog. You're not going to get that very often. And I think they match up fairly well with Colorado, despite the series history with the abs winning seven of the last 10 meetings. Uh, I think you know, this is a wild team. Like I said they're in good form now, winning three in a row after having that long losing streak. These are the kind of games that really mean a, a lot to, to that organization. They've got to really, you know, stand up tall if they want to make a run to try to win the Central. You got to beat teams like Colorado, uh, and then to beat them at home, that's definitely uh, would be a, a huge two points for them. But I'm going to just stay with the totals as well. I like this first period over. Uh, now, obviously, we've seen it go up to two, which uh, is actually fine with me grabbing a plus, uh, you know, dollar five price as opposed to laying 160, 170 with the one and a half. If your book allows you to bet it, I would go at both teams to score. You can find that around plus 150 or plus 155. I think uh, scoring should be pretty easy for both of these teams. Should go over the total six and a half as well. And I think if we do see a high scoring game, next game we see lined with uh, Colorado might actually start seeing some sevens for that full total. Yeah, you definitely might. By the way, four of the last five head-to-head between Minnesota, Colorado, five of the last six, I should say, have gone over the total uh, between uh, these two teams. We'll see if that carries over here into today. Um, Talbot, no, we, Talbot's, as far as I'm concerned, out again, I believe so. So it's probably going to be Kakinen once again in net for the uh, Wild, who's actually got decent numbers, 7-2, and two, uh, 2.56 goals against average, 917 save percentage. Boy, that's going to be put to the test today against this uh, Colorado uh, Avalanche team, especially with the game being in Denver. We're talking about Colorado that for the season, the Avalanche in terms of offense on their home ice, 4.67 goals per game on average on home ice. So they nearly average five goals per game at home, which is insane. Uh, Andrew McGinnis is with us now. Andrew, welcome in. Minnesota, Colorado, what do you like here? Yeah, good to be back here on the show with you guys. And uh, it's hard to, Ian, it's just hard to argue. Um, you know, it's hard to argue goals, goals, and more goals here. You know, the Colorado Avalanche, one thing about them is that um, you start to look at some other really good teams in the league like Pittsburgh. We'll talk about them later on in the show. And the difference between those two teams is that Pittsburgh doesn't need to score four or five goals to win a hockey game. And, you know, I think that uh, the law of averages tell us that, hey, Colorado should start, you know, slowing down a little bit. Screw that. You know, they haven't. I mean, like you said, I mean, that strategy you've talked about, you've talked about for years. Uh, if a streak gets broken, don't just go off it right away. You know, try and keep riding it for at least one or two more games. That's kind of what I see here as well. But to be honest with you, there's not really much I love in this game besides hopefully hoping to get an in-game over spot. That's kind of where I wanted to look. 
Nathan McKinnon over four and a half shots is a spot I've looked at as well. Um, we saw him get eight, seven, six, five, and all kinds of numbers like that over his last several games. Um, so those are kind of, you know, I've, I've noticed a lot more lately in with these prop bets and the totals are getting to six and a halfs. You could just find a couple guys to get a point or to get over one and a half points or, you know, and DraftKings uh, offers, offers a lot of that great stuff. So if you don't want to worry about getting to seven goals, you can still get, you know, Nazem Kadri to score a goal or, or all these different props. So ideally, guys, I'm approaching it like this. I'm going to do what Alex recommended to me to do a while ago, which was to wait a few minutes to get a better first period price. And I'm going to do the same thing with the full game total. I, I'm hoping early start we can get three or four minutes into the game. I can get a better price on one and a half first period and hopefully the same thing with the full game over. This is the Alex B. Smith special. Wait five minutes, wait a few minutes at least into the first period. And you're always, you know, you're hanging on to the edge of your seat basically for the first three, five minutes of this game saying, please don't score, please don't score, please don't score with two goals goals in bunches and two goals that can some, two teams that can sometimes give them up, especially lately. Uh, But sometimes you got to take that risk if you're going to get a better number and a better price on a bet that you like. Uh, and that's oftentimes what uh, Alex will look to do. So, and that's definitely something to consider is maybe look at a, a better uh, number and better price in game. Yeah. Nazem Kadri, what can you say? 49 points in 32 games this year. Absolutely insane. Uh, what he's been able to yeah. do for the uh, Colorado avalanche. And yet wasn't, I had him to score a goal in that Friday game, Ian, and he scored the shootout winner. I was like, ah, give me a real goal. I could, it couldn't count for a winner. For yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, the shootout goals, unfortunately don't count, but no, he's been terrific this year uh, for the Colorado avalanche. No question about that on that second line center spot uh, all year. So very impressive. And Nicholas Obeku bell is one of the guys that's the, you know, one of the, uh, uh, surging scores right now, believe it or not, for the Avalanche. And he's just a third-line winger for them, which, again, speaks to the kind of depth that the Avalanche have right now. Should be a great hockey game with those two coming up next hour with the Wild and the Avalanche. All right, we got the Los Angeles Kings-San Jose Sharks, a California rivalry battle here. Even money both sides, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under in this one. Uh, the LA Kings continue to play some really good hockey at the moment, um, although – I always, always a little bit shaky about their road performances, seven and eight, but they did uh, cure that the other night against Seattle, who are just can't get out of their own way right now. But still, uh, L.A. with the uh, three to one win uh, over Seattle, fourth straight win. Uh, now, uh, this team on a six and one run in their last uh, seven games. It's been impressive what we've seen from uh, the Kings. Some concerns today is that, um, you know, they did add, uh, I believe, Adrian Kempe last I checked to the uh, COVID protocol list. Uh, one of their, you know, top two centers here. Uh, you know, he's played well this year for the uh, uh, LA Kings. That He'll be missed 24 points in 38 games for them. Uh, it's definitely not something you want to see. Um, but I still lean LA here. I have to. I mean, they're the better team right now. Uh, San Jose's lost two in a row to good teams, Penguins and Rangers. Uh, no shame in that. Uh, but to me, I said it before, the Sharks, to me, beat the really weakest of the weak teams. And that's been what they've done since really the middle part of December. The wins were Philly twice, who've been scuffling. Arizona, one of the worst teams in the NHL. Buffalo uh, and Detroit. Those have been the victories. Those have been the teams that San Jose has been victorious over. You know, I just think when you look at it, and this is the way Alex and I felt about it Saturday when we talked about the Kings and the Kraken, it just felt like even though LA has been a little bit more spotty with their performances on the road, that it felt like still it was a pretty cheap price to back what we thought was the superior team and the team in better form at the time. This kind of feels like that same kind of sentiment 
uh, in my mind. So I would only look LA here, even money minus 110 in that range. Uh, Alex, Kings and Sharks. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like I said, this is the Kings team now. It's kind of been rounding back into some decent form. And, you know, I, I mentioned the two with San Jose in these last couple of games. I thought these were, uh, you know, true, you know, barometers to see where they're going to kind of, you know, shape up as far as being a contender in the West. Granted, playing two teams in the East, but two of the best uh, in the Rangers and Pittsburgh, they end up losing both of those games. So now you got to turn around and try to get things rolling against the rival. Uh, home start, or early start. Both these teams are kind of familiar with early starts as far as, excuse me, Western Conference teams go. So uh, that shouldn't be much of a factor. And right now, just laying in a pick and price. I would just go and back LA here as well. This might be a team I start trying to ride the streak with. I've been on them uh, in two of these last three games that they've won. So uh, I'll take a shot here again with LA. All right, LA right around even money and minus 110 here against uh, San Jose. Uh, of course, San Jose has is going to give James Reimer a chance today. He's been confirmed in net. He he, th- the play and the quality of his play just fell off a cliff going, coming out of the Christmas break. He was really really scuffling. I mean, some really ugly performances coming out of the break, and he's had had a great season going into the break. But coming out of the Christmas break, he had that seven goal allowance against Arizona. He gave up six to Pittsburgh. Got pulled in that game that they lost eight five. Uh, in Pittsburgh, and then gave up another four spot in a 6-2 loss to Detroit. So Reimers had some time to maybe you know hit the reset button, recalibrate. We'll see if he bounces back, plays better today, but we'll see if the break and the mental break, the mental reset, if you will, if it helps him here today, taking on the LA Kings. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here, LA, San Jose? Look, the thing with San Jose Sharks right now is that, you know, I think they're an analytical person's dream. Because they create a lot of chances. They've got guys that are in front of the net constantly about to score goals. If you're an XG number type guy, you're looking at some of their games and wondering why were they not closer in that game? Why did they not squeak out a victory in that game? And to me, that's why when you're an analytical person, you have to be able to look at the game and and understand it. But it's just not happening. And to me, that's the case with the San Jose Sharks right now. Uh, Look, Ian, this hasn't made my card, but... And there's no, it would be LA for LA or pass for me in this game, you know, especially with the odds we're getting in this one. I think San Jose is a lot more talented than they've been showcasing lately. And that kind of worries me when they're going to jump out of what they've been doing. Uh, but, you know, LA, they've, they've started to light the lamp a little bit and, and that's good for them. You know, I'm just not so sure they can kind of maintain that for long either. So it'd be LA or pass for me. But I'll tell you guys, I worry about San Jose because they're a team that should be a lot better than they're doing right now. And, and, they just can't bury chances, you know, like I, I've I'll tell you what, guys, I've learned my lesson lately. It's funny because I, just a little quick rant. I, I have a theory. I always take I take a lot of overs when two teams that aren't very good go against each other. And it's worked for me quite a bit. Uh, I have a small, small play right now. Actually, the Buffalo game, that's not going too well in that over. But when you look at teams like San Jose, I'm starting to recognize that they're just going to play it to the under because they struggle to score, so they have to tighten things up defensively. It's not going to be a track meet game. So it's kind of like that old saying, like, bet the highest total over and the lowest total under. You hear that a lot in the NFL. And right now, we're kind of starting to see that a little bit. I mean, these five and a halves are actually staying under, and the sixes and six and a halves are going over. So just a quick little note there. I mean, it's frustrating, but, you know, you could pull up Money Puck and you could pull up, you know, Natural natural Stat Trick and all these websites. but the analytics can only take you so far if these guys aren't putting the the puck in the net. 
Yeah, of course. And that's that's some, what we've seen with many different teams over the last few years where the expected goals is just remarkably high and it just doesn't correlate to what they're actually producing offensively. Uh, and San Jose, 78 shots in their last two games combined. That's a lot of rubber fired at the net and at opposing goaltenders. But what do you have to show for that? Uh, you're shooting blanks right now. And Bob Bugner saying that basically after the last game, you know, we're all snake bit right now. Uh, and usually you'd want to see an evidence of them, you know, breaking the, sl- the slump offensively before uh, backing uh, that team. Um, someone that's not in an offensive slump, and that leads me into a goal scoring prop that I like in this game, is uh, someone Andrew's familiar with, of course, from his Montreal days, Philip Deneau. Believe it or not, five goals in the last yeah. six games uh, for Philip Deneau. He's got his offensive touch back again. Uh, he's finding the back of the net. He's getting opportunities. We all know what he does at the other end of the ice defensively, a stalwart defensive forward. But right now, he has his offensive mojo back again a little bit. He's plus 400 to score in this game for a guy with five goals in his last six games. That is a must price. That's a great a must deal. Must prop at that price, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, a plus 400 on Phil Deneau tonight, uh, this afternoon, rather, uh, for the Los Angeles Kings uh, as they take on the uh, Sharks. Uh, and not only has he been scoring, but you've seen the shots and the opportunity and the chances as well uh, increase for him these last uh, few games uh, during this little uh, role that he's put together. He's had uh, the last few games, Deneau has had 6-4-2-2-2 shots on goal uh, the last five games for the LA Kings. So you know, sometimes when you look at the goals and you say you want to bet the, t- the, the player, that's scoring a lot of goals, but you also want to see that they're getting the chances. They're getting the shots. He's getting them right now uh, for the LA Kings. So yeah, definitely a plus 400. That looked like a really good price for Philip Deneau to score here for the LA Kings in this game. Uh, speaking of Deneau and Montreal, we're going to now talk about Philip Deneau's former team, the Montreal Canadians taking on the Arizona Coyotes hockey's version of the toilet bowl the Losers Bowl, uh, whatever you want to call it right here. Uh, Arizona minus 130, uh, home favorites, uh, five and a half the total in this one. You know, I made the case last night with our good friend Morenci on his show talking about um, maybe Montreal feels like, hey, we can finally win a game here. You know, it's finally a team they feel like they can probably beat. And I, I, I could only take Montreal, especially now that they're a plus price. I'm not laying anything with Arizona. You can forget about it. That's just not going to happen. The problem is we might see Caden Primo here in net today uh, for Montreal. And this guy just hasn't played very much hockey. Uh, And when he has been in the net, the results have been uh, middling to say the least. 3.64 goals against 904 save percentage, one and two. He's either going to start today against Arizona or tomorrow against Dallas because this is a back. He's confirmed. He's confirmed now. Okay. So it tempers the enthusiasm a little bit because he just hasn't seen the net a whole lot. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it still would lean Montreal here. It's just uh, a little bit concerned about whether uh, he will be a sharp here for the first start he's made in quite some time. You know, I'll say this about Montreal. Yeah, it's the Laval Rocket posing as the Montreal Canadiens right now. It seems like with the lineup and with who's in uh, on a regular basis. And they are still, you know, Toffoli, uh, Gallagher, Edmondson, Jake Allen on IR, Paquette, uh, Paul Byron. Uh, all out. They're starting to get a little healthier, though. That's the good news. You know, you at least see Jeff Petrie back, Romanov's back, Sherratt, uh, you know, Christian Dvorak missed some time. He's back. So starting to get a little bit healthier here going into this game, but still obviously very much shorthanded. I just feel that Montreal has not been one of those teams where what they've lost not because of a lack of effort. They're just outmanned. You know, they are just, you know, they're just facing teams with better rosters right now. Mm. 
at the moment. But the, the work ethic and the level of compete for Montreal, I still don't. I still think it's been there for them. Like even in the Boston game, five one. That was just, you know, things conspired against them. Boston took advantage of their chances when they got them. Montreal had chances, couldn't take advantage of them. That's the way it was. Florida game, you know, they battled the Panthers on New Year's Day pretty tough for a large part of that game. The Chicago game, very winnable game, pretty back and forth game. And Chicago ended up pulling it out in overtime, three to two. So the effort has been there. And I think Montreal is going to look at this and say, yeah, we can finally win a game. I don't buy that Arizona's trying to tank or Montreal's trying to tank. These are teams still with some uh, players looking to show that they can be NHLers uh, long-term, be in this league, be, and have a roster spot. I just think here Montreal's going to look at it and say, we've played Boston, we've played Florida, we've played Chicago, uh, we've played Tampa, Carolina. They've played some really tough teams lately. This is going to be the best chance for a win that they have. Um, I'm definitely strong lean Montreal. I don't know if I'll take it with Primo and net, but let's just put it this way. Montreal or pass. I'm not laying any sort of price with the coyotes as favorites. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Montreal, Arizona. Yeah. I don't want a, a piece of the side or either team. And you make a great case for Montreal. They've played a lot of tough opponents. So taking a step down in class might be much needed for them. But on the flip side, you look at, you know, uh, this Arizona team, they've been, you know, been able to get a couple of wins. You know, mentioned about they beat Chicago, beat Toronto, uh, and they hung tough in that first meeting with Colorado, taking them uh, in, into overtime in the shootout, losing 4-3. Then they bounce back and kind of, re you know, return to their normal form, losing 5 nothing. But, uh, you know, some tough teams they've played as well, and maybe they feel the same thing that, hey, you know, we got this team coming in from, from the East Coast, and we can get a win at, at on our home ice, you know, kind of an odd start time for them as well. So, you can make a case for both sides. I don't want any part of other sides at all here. I would look at the total over five and a half. I think these two teams might be kind of geared up because they know that these, these are two points that should be relatively easy in their minds as far as the rest of, of their schedule goes. So uh, that might turn out to be uh, actually a more spirited affair than people would think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Corral Vimelka is confirmed in net for Arizona. And your guess is as good as mine, what you're going to get from him. He absolutely stood on his head in a shocking upset against Toronto uh, last week. And then he did what he, I was kind of expecting him to do in his next start. You know, go back to uh, Corral Vimelka, you know, <laughs> of uh, not the Marty Brodeur type. Five goals allowed in that very next start against Colorado. So, and he's had a pattern of that. Look, he's a young kid. I think he's definitely shown some flashes of you know, being maybe a goalie that could play in the NHL down the road consistently, but that's the problem. He's inconsistent still. He had that shutout against Winnipeg, and then Vegas shelled him for seven goals in the next game. He had the great performance against the Leafs last week, and then he gives up a five spot uh, in the next start that he had against Colorado. So that's the issue with Vimelka. Which one is it going to be here? Does he bounce back? Or is he, you know, because his number's still overall for the year, uh, when you look at it, you know, they're 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 middle of the road, and it's because he's had some good starts, he's had some good outings, and then he's had a lot of times when he's been lit up as well. Uh, three point two seven goals against and nine oh six save percentage for uh, Vimelka uh, entering this game. So we'll see which version of him uh, shows up uh, in between the pipes this afternoon uh, for Arizona. Andrew, what do you think here? Habs Coyotes. Look, guys, I haven't come on this show in a long time and really felt confident giving out a pick on the Montreal Canadiens. I actually am today. And I'll tell you, it's very weird because the more information being released about the Canadians with Josh Anderson now being officially confirmed back several guys, you know, looking like 
this lineup looks more normal today than it has in a very long time. Yes. Hoffman, Suzuki, Evans, Druan, Dvorak, Anderson, Lekonin. I mean, there's guys out there that should be out there, and it's starting to look like the Canadians again and not the Laval Rocket. And let's be honest, the Canadians weren't that good in general before, but you know, you're starting to get some guys back. And sometimes people say when you get a player back, it might not be good right away. This, to me, is not the time where that would be applicable. Anybody back is good for the Montreal Canadiens here. Look, and I and I get what Alex was saying. I mean, it's very true. You could argue case in point for both sides, you know, thinking, hey, we could get up and beat this team. I get it. But I'm going to go on the side today where I do think that there's been three straight games for the Coyotes where they've been absolute barn burners, just electrifying games. And I'm not going to use the word letdown because that, first of all, that word gets thrown around too much with handicapping, but especially when it's two teams as bad as the two, these two teams are, there's no such thing as a letdown. But I will say that Vamelka, what he did in that first game against Colorado, I can't see that happening tonight. There's some injuries and protocol uh, COVID stuff going on for Arizona. So the number has gotten better guys as the day has gone on. And more guys have been announced out for Arizona and more guys have been announced in for Montreal. So I think everybody's just so down on Montreal and they're so excited from what they saw from the Arizona over the last couple of games. People are actually bet. The money is actually coming in guys heavy on Arizona right now. People are laying a price with Arizona. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. That self. So that's yes. sometimes to actually believe it and let it sink in. <laughs> I can't believe. I mean, I just locked in. I believe it was plus 130 on the Montreal Canadiens against the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, or plus 115, 120. I, I was going to say, if it's that high, I'm betting it. No, I don't care what the situation is with yeah, Primo yeah. or anything else from Montreal. <laughs> if I ever saw a plus 130 in this game, I'm I'm taking that. that <laughs> but fifth, plus 115 or 20, though, is still pretty good. So, yeah. And nobody can call me a homer because I haven't given out a pick on the Canadiens in like probably three months. So I'm going with the Canadiens tonight, guys at the underdog spot. It's at four o'clock Eastern. I think if there's ever a time to take them and look at, and certainly from a price standpoint, it's tonight uh, with uh, Montreal here in this. And you're right. Arizona played Colorado back to back in Toronto, two of the head heavyweights in the national hockey league. And now you play Montreal. So let down, or is it what Alex says? They're fired up because Hey, they're like Montreal and they say, Hey, we can beat this team. We can get a win here today. So it's very, very interesting handicap that's i find sometimes these terrible games involving two bad teams they're off oftentimes the most fascinating games to really look at and dive into and try to come up with some sort of reasoning or logic to support either team uh i, I do have to it. say alex remember what i said last time we were on the show together that montreal would find a way to choke that game against against yeah. chicago <laughs> as much as i was yeah. mad about yeah. how weird that final goal was it's not like I was surprised. You know what I mean? Like, was it offside? Right. Was it? Who cares, really? They found a way to lose again. And I, I was on this show. And, and you know, I try to be like you, Alex, because you're very real with your team, too. And so it's very funny yep. for me to come on here. And I pretty much said, like, hey, the Habs are going to stick around with the Blackhawks, but they're, they're going to they're find a way to lose. And, yep. lose and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Yeah, don't no doubt. So I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on this game, believe it or not. I know Minnesota, Colorado, the much better game will be going on at the same time, but uh, I'll be keeping an eye on this to see how it's going with the uh, Habs and the uh, Coyotes here. This will be the first game I've had a bet on a Habs game in a while, Ian. Usually I'm just watching as a fan. So now I'm actually watching as a fan and I need them to win for my money. So there you go. Exactly. It's not just a fan rooting for his team. Now you're rooting for a winning wager as well. Uh, That's the big difference. All right. Final game this afternoon. That is there's actually three games tonight as well. But the final afternoon game on this Martin Luther King Day slate of NHL action. We've got Chicago and Seattle. Uh, Even money, both sides, minus 110, five and a half the total in this one. Um, Look, Seattle's doing everything they can right now to finally get back in the win column and nothing is working. Uh, Dave Axtell said prior to the L.A. game, um, we've got to really, really tighten things up, tighten up, tighten the belt, really play a conservative brand of hockey and hope we can squeak out a win right now. That's basically what they reverted to. And they really did against LA. Unfortunately, they lost that game three to one, but they really didn't give the Kings a whole lot uh, in that game. They only gave up 21 shots on goal uh, to the LA Kings. Like I said, it was a very low event game. There were not a lot of great scoring chances. There were not a lot of shots left and right. Um, There was an extended power play that Seattle had uh, in the second period uh, of that game. Uh, But five on five, there's not a whole lot going on uh, in that hockey game. And Dave Axtell, I think the quote here was, look, with us struggling the way we are, this is kind of the way we've got to try to get through this right now. Uh, At the end of the day, we need to win hockey games. I see the areas where we can get a little bit more out of our group. We can give a little bit more until things turn and offense starts to come easier. We're going to have to give it more on the defensive end. So what's he telling you right now? We're not scoring consistently at the moment. We're we're finding ways to lose, whether it's, you know, a 4-3 game or a 2-1 game. We've got to really dig in defensively. Help out our struggling goaltenders, and both of them have been struggling. Drieger's been a little bit better, but boy, Grubauer continues to have a season from hell, in my opinion, uh, for the Seattle Kraken this year. Uh, and they're just basically, I think, reverting to have let, like we got to try to commit to, you know, trying to really tighten it up and try to win a low-scoring battle at the moment. Uh, and Seattle tried it Saturday night against LA and still wasn't able to have success. On the flip side, you got Chicago here entering on a four-game win streak. Uh, beating Vegas two to one, the game where Flurry got his revenge against the Golden Knights was magnificent in that game. Uh, they beat Columbus four two after that, and then back to back home wins against Montreal and Anaheim uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. We'll see if they can uh, carry that over here uh, into this game. And Patrick Kane starting to uh, rev it up again. Seven game point streak for him and nine points. Uh, in those last seven games for uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, which is uh, definitely good to see. We don't have goaltending uh, confirmations yet here. Just uh, We do have Grubauer uh, actually confirmed for Seattle. Nothing yet for Chicago. There is a little gut feel to me, and obviously Alex uh, knows his team very well, but a gut feel that maybe they rest flurry today. I don't know why. It's just, I think, something that I think might potentially happen. But regardless, at the price that you're getting right now, it's – there's it's Chicago or nothing for me with Seattle. The Seattle's got to show me a win before I'm ready to back them here. And I am going to make it an official play here. Chicago minus 110. Hopefully Fleury's in net, but even if he's not, Seattle's not exactly firing offensively right now. Grubauer's had a tough year. He's not making the key save when the team needs it. Uh, I just think it's a, at this point, Chicago minus 110. Seattle's got to show me a win before uh, I'm ready to stop going against them at this point. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Blackhawks cracking. Yeah, this line seemed a, a bit off to me. And I think 
if anything, I would actually be more confident with Kevin Lincoln than going today as opposed to Flory, who had already been getting six starts in a row. Yes, he's coming off of a shot. I want to start burning him out uh, a little bit. Then, you know, then things start getting messy. If you got to rely on Lincoln a little bit more, let him be the number two guy. This is a great spot start for him. Kind of an odd time. So I'm going to take a shot here with Chicago on the money line. But I also like this first period over a lot, too. Uh, this is a, a great price. He's seen a dollar fifteen dollar twenty. Uh, I know I was seeing actually seen as low as a dollar ten. So you can shop around and find the best price. But that's a really good number for teams that is second and fourth overall and giving up first period goals, each with one point one goal scored. So uh, it, it just seems to be right now. These are two teams that you can bet on to get some things going early. Maybe they find a way to make those adjustments late. That's what the Hawks have kind of been doing, shutting things down in the, in the later periods. But I think they find a way to win. And I think we see at least a couple of goals scored in that first period today. Yeah, exactly. Chicago has been one of those teams lately where goals have come in the first period and then they've kind of tapered off uh, later on as the game uh, has progressed. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts here, Chicago and the struggling Seattle Kraken looking every bit like an expansion team, unlike Vegas a few years ago. Yeah, Operation Fade the Kraken. I'm going to get that hashtag trending, guys. Some of the, One of these days, I'm telling you, uh, it's actually insane how long it took for us to start seeing some of these prices start to come in against the Kraken. They competed for a long time against some decent teams, but it's really starting to show. And they dealt with some injuries too, but you know, there's teams like Ian, remember in the, the summer when the auto red blacks, you could bet on against them every single week in the CFL and make money pretty much. That's what some of these teams are turning into. And the Seattle Kraken at a good price is something that I will probably bet against consistently, especially in a spot like this against a team that's playing well, and has some confidence right now and playing some big games. That's kind of the only thing for Chicago's played some big games, but um, yeah, I, I'm looking at them. I'm looking to keep fading the Kraken and maybe even their team total under, because I just can't see them scoring right now. I think maybe the full game under, because this could be an opportunity where a lot of people think we're going to see a Blackhawks team. That's always in over games and trading goals, but they're in it against a team tonight. that can't really score. So yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not I'm not back in the crack and I'm fading him if I'm playing this game. Also, he's asking for it. We gotta give a shout out to Elliot. Happy birthday to Elliot. Uh, a lot of loyal viewership yeah. in our audience happy here. Birthday. So. happy birthday, yeah. yeah. Definitely to Elliot. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate everybody for uh tuning in. And uh yeah, uh Cheshire Katz asking about uh some prop recommendations for the Canadians game. Look, I'll say this, I've said it again before, I'll say it again. The Canadians might be the worst team to bet goal scoring props on. I'm not, Ian, I want your take on this because to me, they're great because you get good plus prices, but it's also not very good because there's no consistency with them. I mean, the great news is you, you don't have any players in the, in the one hundreds, every single player is in the two hundreds. I mean, Nick Suzuki plus two sixty. I mean, drew Ann at plus three fifteen, maybe, but I don't know how many goals are going to score three, four, I don't know if I'm trying to really take goal scorers with that team right now. No, I mean, Caulfield's struggling. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed with what we've seen from him. I mean, he's someone that we thought would have a pretty big year uh, for the Canadians. Just hasn't happened. He hasn't scored enough. Well, he scored one goal against Washington, but one goal in like since the beginning, late October. That's it for a guy like Cole Caulfield. I, I can't explain why he's having so much of a struggle right now. Suzuki, you know, has struggled. He's got one goal since December the 7th. Uh, I'd actually look at Mike Hoffman if I were to pick someone from Montreal. He's actually someone that's found the back of the net uh, recently. 
uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens last game, actually, he scored for them. So if you had to pick someone, that's who I'd pick, uh, Mike Hoffman for the uh, Montreal Canadiens in that he, one. He's but, yeah. a sniper. He's a sniper. Yep, tough, t- tough. You're right in terms of uh, because the ones you want to back from a goal scoring prop standpoint is Caulfield and Suzuki, guys like that in particular. Uh, and yet they have definitely not been good uh, in terms of their current form at the moment offensively. All right. The rest of the games are night games, Philadelphia, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 190 home favorites, uh, five and a half the total shaded to the under in this game. Uh, the Flyers continue to uh, to spin their wheels, seven straight losses for them. Uh, how's the Mike Yo experiment working out? Uh, as the interim coach, uh, not so great right now. Uh, 3-2 loss to the Rangers. You know, they've actually been in a lot of these games lately. It's not like they've been crushed necessarily, but 3-2 overtime loss to San Jose, 3-2 loss to Boston, 3-2 loss to the Rangers. They just can't get that one extra save. They can't capitalize on that one chance, you know, in a close game right now. That's the difference. You know, power play can't come through. They can't find a goal when they need it. They can't get a timely save when they need it. That's basically what we're seeing here from the Philadelphia Flyers right now. Uh, the New York Islanders, they're coming off a loss to Washington, 2-0 shutout loss. That snapped a three-game uh, win streak. But then you look at their win streak, and you can poke holes in it. They beat Buffalo, big deal. They beat struggling Edmonton, can't get out of their own way right now. They're in a free fall, the Oilers. You can't even get all that excited about that win right now with the way the Oilers are playing. And then the other win was New Jersey. So, you know, the Islanders have been sort of beating up on the week lately. They're laying a big number. They're laying a number that I'm not comfortable laying with uh, in terms of the Islanders. Martin Jones is in net uh, for the uh, Flyers uh, here in this game. And obviously that concerns me and there's no way I could back Philly here. They're struggling. Uh, Martin Jones with a 3.33 goals against average 909 save percentage. Uh, He had a really good start. Uh, against uh, a couple of starts ago, he played pretty well uh, against Seattle. Uh, but before that, he gave up three to Ottawa, gave up three to Arizona, and five to L.A. Uh, in a recent start as well. So, you know, that's Martin Jones. He'll give you one good start every five or six. That's <laughs> what you get. And then the rest of them are absolute, you know, below average goaltending uh, from him. So, but again, the Islanders are not an offensive juggernaut. They're still having trouble finding the back of the net consistently. They drag everyone into an under, uh, it seems right now. All over the place with this game. It's a pass for me. Alex, anything here? Flyers, Islanders. You know, I'm going to take a shot here with the Islanders uh, in regulation minus $1.20. Uh, and if there's anyone who's, you know, not one bit shocked about the uh, Flyers going on a losing streak now under Mike Yo, it's definitely me. Uh, eight games in a row, and it's like that probably could continue nine, 10, 11 more games. Uh, this is a Flyers team that they had that kind of momentum rolling, and now, like I said, when they tried to play up tempo, they started getting crushed with it, and now they're losing these games. Like I said, they're hanging around with teams like Boston, you know, the Rangers, okay, some quality competition. Uh, you get crushed by Pittsburgh, you know, San Jose, you know, up and down teams. So like I said, they're not the worst losses ever, but I just think I think this is a team just like they were before uh, they made the coaching change. So they just you know when they get into that that headspace, they start losing games, start gripping the sticks a little too tight, making too many passes, not shooting the puck cleanly. They get into these these long stretches of losing. So uh, it, it's more of a fade on Philly, but I'm going to lay that dollar twenty with uh, with the Islanders. Yeah, I got, that's probably the bet I would look to make if I was the closest I'd probably come to making a bet on this game would probably be that uh, Islanders and regulation. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Philly, uh, New York Islanders. This is a game I passed in, but I, I, I will say this. I'm looking to buy 
on the Islanders coming up here, guys. They've, they've just had such a weird schedule. They dealt with so much crap during their, their season. I took a look at their schedule coming up. A couple tough games mixed in, but other than that, there's some decent spots to bet on them. This is one I'd look for, but I'm thinking this is a buy team for me. I'll try and plan ahead for some spots. If they do well here, I expect them to heat up, but uh, this is not a bet that I've made in this in this game. By the way, the under makes some sense, but again, if Martin Jones, I don't want any part of an under, but I'd still have to lean that way. Yeah. The Flyers are trending under. The Islanders are trending under. The series history with these two teams recently is trending under uh, as well. I think four straight head-to-head games have gone over the uh, under the total, rather, of uh, the Flyers and Islanders. Yeah, 2-1, 3-2, 3-2, Those have been the scores, so... Feels like a low-scoring game here. Uh, would still lean that way, even with the concerns about Jones and Net for Philadelphia here. Uh, Nashville, St. Louis. We've got St. Louis minus 130, home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, the Blues finally had a uh, regulation loss at home. It had been a while. It had been a long while since we had seen one. Uh, it happened Saturday night, 6-5 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And really, I like Toronto in regulation a little bit in that game. I mentioned it Saturday that... You know, I just felt the Blues were just much too banged up, you know, in terms of who was out and who was missing for them uh, in that game. We're talking about uh, multiple critical components to the St. Louis Blues hockey team that were missing in that game. Buchnevich, Tarasenko, Perron, Braden Shen, uh, Colton Pareko. But some terrific news for the Blues. Everybody but Buchnevich is pretty much cleared from protocol for this game tonight. So the Blues are going to have Vladimir Tarasenko and David Perron and Braden Shen and Colton Pareko uh, back for this game tonight. So it's going to be a much stronger, much more closer to full strength St. Louis Blues hockey team tonight. And I like them in this spot. You know, they're only laying minus 130. They've been very good at home uh, throughout the course of the year. Still, even after that loss, uh, the St. Louis Blues are still 12-0-1 in their last 13 games uh, on home ice and 15-4-2 at home overall this year. They're in a bounce-back spot. Craig Berube wasn't thrilled with their game. Now, they said we were pretty depleted Saturday night, but they still didn't like the way they played. They felt, even with the guys, well, we should have played better than that. It was one of our worst games in a while. I'd expect them to be better tonight. They get a lot of reinforcements back. And don't you dare look now, but suddenly Nashville, you know, is uh, coming back to the pack just a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to fall, you know, completely off because they've only lost two in a row. But uh, back-to-back losses to Buffalo, uh, and Boston in overtime over the weekend uh, after a five-game win streak. No, they're still playing some very good hockey. And the one concern is they've dominated St. Louis. They've won five straight over the St. Louis Blues. And that does concern me here. I don't usually like going against series history that strong where one team has really owned the other. And Nashville has gotten the better uh, of St. Louis head-to-head. But Blues are really good at home. I expect a much better game from them. They're getting Perron, Tar- Tarasenko, Shen and Pareko on the blue line back. Price is reasonable. I'm going to take St. Louis here, minus 125 uh, in this one. Alex, uh, Predators and Blues. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I mean, there's the two teams, you know, clawing and fighting in that central division. Uh, like you said, the Blues have been dynamite at home, but finally did suffer a loss. And you look at with Nashville, back-to-back losses, uh, that game against Boston, we saw it going to overtime. Two of the last three games for Nashville have gone to overtime. And you look at this series history, Three of the last seven have gone overtime. Of the four that didn't, uh, th- two of those were one goal games. So I'm going to be going with the draw here, plus 350. I think this is going to be a uh, balanced effort from both teams. I could definitely see this one going into overtime or a shootout. 
All right, and congrats to Alex for a great call with Nashville and Boston on Saturday, the draw uh, in that game. Uh, that got to overtime after a sluggish start for Nashville, but they battled back. The thing that really concerns me here for Nashville is Matias Atcombe on the blue line is a significant absence. Uh, you know, he's very, very good, both ends of the ice, very solid. He didn't play uh, against Boston. He's in COVID protocol, probably will miss tonight as well. And of course, Philip Forsberg, you never like to be without him, but, you know, the guy was really starting to cook. For the Nashville Predators before his uh, recent uh, COVID protocol situation, and he's still on it uh, right now. And you know he's missed the last four. I don't think he's coming back tonight. He had scored four goals in the last three games before his absence. So very very tough time for uh, Philip Forsberg uh, to be uh, absent because he was playing very well for the Predators. And uh, I think St. Louis can pick up this uh, victory tonight. We got Melissa in our chat. Of course, we saw her as a special guest uh, on the Ice Guys just recently on a Saturday saying that Marc-Andre Fleury confirmed uh, in net for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, no rest for uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Flower Power will be present uh, in Seattle at the Emerald City for that Blackhawks Kraken game. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with uh, Nashville-St. Louis? Look, guys. I've been wrong about the Nashville Predators. Today is is apology day for me with the Nashville Predators. Uh, and I think, Jimmy, I saw some tweets from him saying the exact same thing. Uh, but the fact of the matter is sometimes you just never learn your lesson because today I'm fading them one more time here. I'm on the Blues. I think it's a good price for them. Injuries for Nashville. Uh, I don't think the schedule is going to be too kind to them coming up here. And you can't, you can't. Go like look at this St. Louis Blues team and their record at home uh, and go against them right now and the way they're putting up goals at home too. So I think Nashville uh, had struggled, struggled scoring tonight and they've been an over machine recently. Uh, but if they can't get three or four, I think St. Louis takes this. Also, if your book offers it, this game in particular, over one and a half power play goals plus 120. It's a prop I've looked at. I know DraftKings, you can look at uh, power play points for certain teams, but uh, you notice both these two teams, they do some damage on the power play. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, as the St. Louis Blues, this might be, this is a better offensive team, I think, for the St. Louis Blues than even when they won the Stanley Cup a few years. When Craig Berube took over uh, early in the season, they ended up you know, going all the way and winning the Stanley Cup. I actually think this year's group's got more firepower than that group. That group might have been better defensively a little bit, I would say so, but... I mean, in terms of offensive ability, I think this team's better than that one. I mean, especially and getting Buchnevich from the Rangers is a big part of that. Uh, he's had a nice season for the uh, Blues. So their ability to put the puck in the net, I think, has definitely improved uh, compared to uh, recent seasons. Uh, all right, the final game of this Martin Luther King Day Monday NHL slate. It's a good one. Pittsburgh Penguins, Vegas Golden Knights. We've got uh, even money, minus 110 both sides in this game. Six the total uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, of course, for Vegas, it's who's going to play for them because they've been sort of, you know, backed again to being shorthanded. They had finally gotten healthy, you know, a few weeks ago. And now all of a sudden they've got, you know, multiple key players out again. Max Pacioretty, Alec Martinez, uh, William Carrier, uh, among others. It do, looks like they will get Nicholas Waugh, Nolan Patrick, a couple of their depth uh, bottom six forwards back. So that's a positive for the Golden Knights going into this game. Uh, but they've obviously been battling, you know, with a shorthanded roster here the last few games. And it's kind of shown in their results. They've lost four of their last five games. Winnipeg, Nashville, Chicago, and Toronto. The only win was the 5-1 victory over the Rangers. So just one and four in their last five games, Vegas. But, you know, back-to-back -back home losses for them. 
They're at home here. They've had almost a week off. Certainly are going to be fresh, well-rested. They get some practice time in. They had at least a couple players back. It seems like it's that spot better's dream, situational better's dream here, Vegas. They are in a phenomenal spot here. But that being said, Pittsburgh's playing good hockey. It's it's not easy to want to go against the Penguins at the moment. Uh, they get the 2-1 win against San Jose in overtime uh, in, the, in their last game. Uh, they had that bad third period against L.A., and they lost that game 6-2. Uh, but outside of that, you know, they've done a pretty good job on this West Coast swing, winning the first uh, two of three. They've got, a, it looks like, Zach Aston, Reese, Danton Heinen, and Jason Zucker uh, as the guys that may not play here tonight for the uh, Penguins. But outside of that, relatively hockey uh, healthy group in this game. It's a tricky one for me because I expect Vegas to certainly play a much better game, focused effort, two losses in a row at home, time off, well-rested. I think they'll be jumping. I think they'll be flying here uh, in this game. Pittsburgh, the first period puck line, has kind of cooled off You know, after that terrific run it had. Um, I still think Pittsburgh's a little bit healthier than Vegas. I like the way they're playing. I'm not necessarily rushing to go against them. And, of course, they just recently got Malkin back. Uh, tough game, but a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Slightest of leans to Pittsburgh. Maybe if you like the over first period. This is definitely one where I prefer the first period over compared to the full game over. I think it could slow down, but the first period, you got a fresh Vegas team off for six days, live legs, wanting to come out strong and fast, maybe after two straight losses. And of course, Pittsburgh, we know that offensively with Malkin back, they're a little bit stronger as well. So I think the goals could come early in this game, not so much later. So this could be one where I specifically target first period over one and a half. Uh, compared to the uh, full game. Alex, what do you think here? Penguins, Golden Knights. I totally agree. Even though you got to lay about $1.35, $1.40, I feel like first period over is a good spot. Like I, said, I think we're going to get a, a good effort in the first 20 minutes of play. Maybe not so much a high-scoring affair for the full contest. So uh, if that first period over hits, then you might be in, in line to get a great live under uh, play as well. So that's something to kind of take advantage of. As far as sides go, like I said, could be a good spot for Vegas, but with some of the issues and injuries they're having and Pittsburgh playing well, I'm sure they want to try to end this road trip well uh, with with a nice win, and that would be a big win for them to beat Vegas. Uh, but this seems like it could be back and forth enough where I'm just going to stay away from it and just look toward the first period over. Yeah, and a little bit of line juggling for Peter DeBoer. He's going to have Marcia So, Nicholas Waugh on the top line center spot, and Nolan Patrick on the top line. Remember, this guy's a first-round pick talent. Nolan Patrick, and he's just had injuries. He's never been he able went to ahead of Kale McCarr. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, <laughs> look at that. In retrospect, there's always those situations in the draft where it's like, how did you take that guy over that guy when he was available? It did you guys hear, you hear about what was going on in the media? The Philadelphia guys were saying they were yeah. like, yeah, we didn't even want all the scouts wanted that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bobby Clark throwing Ron Hextall <laughs> under the bus saying, yeah, yeah we we're trying to tell old Ronnie there that we didn't want to draft Nolan Patrick in that spot, but he insisted on it. Oh, it's not like Bobby Clark had a sparkling resume as a GM. He never found a goalie that ever did anything right. in Philly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like his GM uh, track record was all that phenomenal. You know, did, did you win anything, right. Bob Clark? You know, when you when you were the GM of the Flyers, no. So you know, that's throwing stones. You know, that's pot calling the kettle black right there. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, maybe Hextall made a mistake there bob clark hasn't made mistakes as gm when he was there 20 years ago as the gm of the flyers come on i mean it's a, you can dish it out but you can't take it 
You know, that's sometimes what I think when it's a situation like that. But, you know, Vegas, you know, they're, they're tinkering with the lines. Dodonov, Carlson, and Smith going to be the second line. Yan Mark Stevenson on the third line, dropping him down a little bit with Mark Stone, which is bizarre. They're going to have Mark Stone on a third-line role here. If I'm seeing that correctly, it's definitely the blender out tonight for Vegas in terms of their forward lines. Oh, I do want to mention, and I forgot earlier, Brian Rust back tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's missed the last four games. He was on fire, this guy, before he got injured or before he was absent. He was uh, definitely playing terrific offensively. So that top line, Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Brian Rust is reunited tonight uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you think here at Pittsburgh Vegas? Look, I think that I've kind of changed my stance on this game. I'm not flip-flopping the side I like since the start of the day, but I really liked Pittsburgh to start the day. And I don't like Vegas, but I'll tell you what, I like the under more in this game. And there was money pouring in on the over. I think this is a low-scoring game. I know Pittsburgh's been on the road. They've, you know, they've definitely been battle-tested a little bit. Uh, that game they had last against uh, San Jose. Look, I talked about San Jose early in the show already. They're a team that it doesn't matter to me uh, if you win two-one or if you win five-one. The Pittsburgh Penguins find a way to win games. And right now, things haven't been that great. If you look at the last 10, 15 games for Vegas, all over the place. And a lot of people I'm seeing in a lot of write-ups I've read uh, and articles talking about how the re- the rest might be a good thing for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. I'm not so sure it will be against a team as good defensively as, as the Pittsburgh Penguins are. You make one mistake, one turnover, they'll make you pay. Jake Gensel has a point in eight of his last 20 games played. These guys are the real deal. Uh, I think if Tristan, Tristan Jari will make or break this team in the playoffs this year, and at the price we're getting in this game, I just don't get how we can't play Pittsburgh. And maybe it's a trap. I mean, you guys tell me, but I don't know. Like, I just, I think there's so many different scenarios, and I get, I get, I get it. It could be a bet on spot, but look at the teams that Vegas has played recently. It's been tough for them, but can it get better tonight against Pittsburgh? I don't know. I feel like Pitt, Vegas needs to beat down a bad team to get some swagger back. Yeah, it's just what, which Vegas is it going to be? Vegas that lost to uh, Toronto and really strong. I mean, the shootouts, the fact that game went to a shootout was flattering uh, for Vegas. Exactly. Uh, you know, they, they could have lost that game in right. They lost to Chicago. They lost to Nashville at home. They lost to Winnipeg at home. The, really, the one game they played well and earned the win and they outplayed them was the Rangers. They did play a really good game that night and beat the Rangers 5-1. So they're capable. They showed you in that game against the Rangers, even with the – uh, the the players that are out currently for the Golden Knights, they can play well against a good team at home. Um, but is tonight going to be that night? Because they've also had some clunkers against good teams with this shorthanded, depleted roster that they've got uh, at the moment. So it's a great game. Fascinating. But uh, I'd still, I'm with you, Andrew. I mean, I would only look Pittsburgh. And I think I said that I would only look yeah. Pittsburgh here, uh, even though it feels like Vegas might be sitting on a better performance tonight with the six day break. Uh, going into it but uh, good game to wrap up the uh, monday card uh before we get to best bets 158 live viewers uh on youtube right now uh, make sure you hit the like button we appreciate that quite a bit and a reminder DraftKings sportsbook we're on to the divisional round now of the nfl playoffs and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers counting down to Super Bowl 56 new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team bet just $5 on that team and get $280 in free bets if your team wins 
If the DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action in the divisional round and play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team this weekend in the divisional round. Bet just $5 on that team and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap up this this Monday edition of uh, the Ice Guys show. Great to have all these day games. Looking forward to watching them all uh, unfold, especially Minnesota, Colorado, which is just minutes away. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we'll go with my latest play on the card, and that's uh, the Nashville-St. Louis game. We'll take the regulation draw at plus 350. These two teams are evenly matched. The last time they played, they win the OT. Uh, two of the last three games for Nashville have also gone past 60 minutes. So getting some good price here, uh, good value with two Central Division teams that should be slugging it out. So let's go Preds, Blues, regulation draw, plus 350. That's my best bet tonight. All right, there you go. Nashville, St. Louis, draw plus 350. Looking for a little overtime action here with the Predators and Blues. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Andrew, best bet. I'm going to go with the Canadians. I might as well do it. I haven't bet on them in a long, long time. They're playing one hour here against the Coyotes, and they're plus 115. Give me the Habs. There you go. Montreal, all Canadien uh, for Andrew McGinnis. Uh, Montreal plus uh, 115. Uh, best bet. Uh, for Andrew on this uh, Monday slate. Mine's going to be St. Louis. I'm going to go with the Blues here tonight. They're getting healthier. They've been magnificent at home. They're off a rare, poor performance at home. And I think they take care of business here in spite of Nashville getting the better of St. Louis in recent head-to-head meetings. I think that changes tonight. St. Louis minus 125 uh, against Nashville for my best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the rest of Martin Luther King Day. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.